Chapter Nine of the Olive Fairy Book. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michelle. The Olive Fairy Book by Andrew Lang. Chapter Nine. Samba the Coward. In the great country far away south, through which flows the River Nile there lived a king who had an only child called samba now from the time that samba could walk he showed signs of being afraid of everything and as he grew bigger he became more and more frightened at first his father's friends made light of it and said to each other it is strange to see a boy of our race running into a hut at the trumpeting of an elephant and trembling with fear if a lion cub half his size comes near him but after all he is only a baby and when he is older he will be as brave as the rest yes he is only a baby answered the king who overheard them it will be all right by and by but somehow he sighed as he said it and the men looked at him and made no reply the years passed away and samba had become a tall and strong youth he was good-natured and pleasant and was liked by all and if during his father's hunting parties he was seldom to be seen in any place of danger he was too great a favorite for much to be said. When the king holds the feast and declares him to be his heir, he will cease to be a child, murmured the rest of the people, as they had done before. And on the day of the ceremony their hearts beat gladly, and they cried to each other, It's Samba, Samba, whose chin is above the heads of other men, who will defend us against the tribes of robbers. Not many weeks after, the dwellers in the village awoke to find that during the night their herds had been driven away and their herdsmen carried off into slavery by their enemies now was the time for samba to show the brave spirit that had come to him with his manhood and to ride forth at the head of the warriors of his race but samba could nowhere be found and a party of the avengers went on their way without him it was many days later before he came back with his head held high and a tail of a lion which he had tracked to its lair and killed at the risk of his own life a little while earlier and his people would have welcomed his story and believed it all but now it was too late samba the coward cried a voice from the crowd and the name stuck to him and even the very children shouted it at him and his father did not spare him at length he could bear it no longer and made up his mind to leave his own land for another where peace had reigned since the memory of man so early next morning he slipped out to the king's stables and choosing the quietest horse he could find he rode away northwards never as long as he lived did samba forget the terrors of that journey he could hardly sleep at night for dread of the wild beasts that might be lurking behind every rock or bush while by day the distant roar of a lion would cause him to start so violently that he almost fell from his horse a dozen times he was on the point of turning back and it was not the terror of the mocking words and scornful laughs that kept him from doing so but the terror lest he should be forced to take part in their wars therefore he held on and deeply thankfully felt when the walls of a city larger than he had ever dreamed of rose before him drawing himself up to his full height he rode proudly through the gate and passed the palace where as was her custom the princess was sitting on the terrace roof watching the bustle in the street below that is a gallant figure thought she as samba mounted on his black horse steered his way skilfully among the crowds beckoning to a slave she ordered him to go and meet the stranger and ask him who he was and whence he came oh princess he is the son of a king and heir to a country which lies in the great river 
answered the slave when he had returned from questioning samba and the princess on hearing this news summoned her father and told him that if she was not allowed to wed the stranger she would die unmarried like many other fathers the king could refuse his daughter nothing and besides she had rejected so many suitors already that he was quite alarmed lest no man should be good enough for her therefore after a talk with samba who charmed him by his good humour and pleasant ways he gave his consent and three days later the wedding feast was celebrated with the utmost splendour the princess was very proud of her tall handsome husband and for some time she was quite content that he should pass the days with her under the palm-trees telling her stories that she loved or amusing her with tales of the manners and customs of his country which were so different to those of her own but by and by this was not enough she wanted other people to be proud of him too and one day she said i really almost wish that one of those moorish thieves from the north would come on one of their robbing expeditions i should love to see you ride out at the head of our men to chase them home again ah how happy i should be when the city rang with your noble deeds she looked lovingly at him as she spoke but to her surprise his face grew dark and he answered hastily never speak to me again of the moors or of war it was to escape them that i fled from my own land and at the first word of invasion i should leave you forever how funny you are cried she breaking into a laugh the idea of any one as big as you being afraid of a moor but still you mustn't say those things to anyone except me or they might think you were in earnest not very long after this when the people of the city were holding a great feast outside the walls of the town a body of moors who had been in hiding for days drove off all the sheep and goats which were peacefully feeding on the slopes of a hill directly the loss was discovered which was not for some hours the king gave orders that the war drum should be beaten and the warriors assembled in the great square before the palace trembling with fury the insult which had been put upon them loud were the cries for instant vengeance and for samba son-in-law of the king to lead them to battle but shout as they might samba never came and where was he no further than in a cool dark cellar of the palace crouching among the huge earthenware pots of grain with a rush of pain at her heart vera's wife found him and she tried with all her strength to kindle in him a sense of shame but in vain even the thought of the future danger he might run from the contempt of his subjects was as nothing when compared to the risks of the present take off your tunic of mail said the princess at last and her voice was so stern and cold that none would have known it give it to me and hand me beside your helmet your sword and your spear and with many fearful glances to the right and left samba stripped off the armor inlaid with gold the property of the king's son-in-law silently his wife took one by one the pieces from him and fastened them on her with firm hands never even glancing at the tall form of her husband who had slunk back to his corner when she had fastened the last buckle and lowered her visor she went out and mounting samba's horse gave the signal to the warriors to follow now although the princess was much shorter than her husband she was a tall woman and the horse which she rode was likewise higher than the rest so that when the men caught sight of the gold-inlaid suit of chain armor they did not doubt that samba was taking his rightful place and cheered him loudly the princess bowed in answer to their greeting but kept her visor down and touching her horse with the spur she galloped at the head of her troop to charge the enemy the moors who had not expected to be so quickly pursued had scarcely time to form themselves into battle array and were speedily put to flight 
then the little troop of horsemen returned to the city where all sung the praises of samba their leader the instant they reached the palace the princess flung her reins to a groom and disappeared up a side staircase by which she could unseen enter her own rooms here she found samba lying idly on a heap of mats but he raised his head uneasily as the door opened and looked at his wife not feeling sure how she might act towards him however he need not have been afraid of harsh words she merely unbuttoned her armor as fast as possible and bade him put it on with all speed samba obeyed not daring to ask any questions and when he had finished the princess told him to follow her and led him on the flat roof of the house below which a crowd had gathered cheering lustily samba the king's son-in-law samba the bravest of the brave where is he let him show himself and when samba did show himself the shouts and applause became louder and louder see how modest he is he leaves the glory to others cried they and samba only smiled and waved his hand and said nothing out of all the mass of people assembled there to do honor to samba one alone there was who did not shout and praise with the rest this was the princess's youngest brother whose sharp eyes had noted certain things during the fight which recalled his sister much more than they did her husband under promise of secrecy he told the suspicions to the other princes but only got laughed at and was bidden to carry his dreams elsewhere well well answered the boy we shall see who is right for the next time we give battle to the moors i will take care to place a private mark on our commander in spite of their defeat not many days after the moors sent a fresh body of troops in to steal some cattle and again samba's wife dressed herself in her husband's armor and rode out at the head of the avenging column this time the combat was fiercer than before and in the thick of it her youngest brother drew near and gave his sister a slight wound on the leg at the moment she paid no heed to the pain which indeed she scarcely felt but when the enemy had been put to flight and the little band returned to the palace faintness suddenly overtook her and she could hardly stagger up the staircase to her own apartments i am wounded she cried sinking down on the mats where he had been lying but do not be anxious it is really nothing you have only to wound yourself slightly in the same spot and no one will guess that it was i and not you who were fighting what cried samba his eyes nearly starting from his head in surprise and terror can you possibly imagine that i should agree to anything so useless and painful why i might as well have gone to the fight myself ah i ought to have known better indeed answered the princess in a voice that seemed to come from a long way off but quick as thought the moment samba turned his back she pierced one of his bare legs with a spear he gave a loud scream and staggered backwards from astonishment much more than from pain but before he could speak his wife had left the room and had gone to seek the medicine man of the palace my husband has been wounded said she when she found him come and tend him with speed for he is faint from loss of blood and she took care that more than one person heard her words so that all that day the people pressed up against the gate of the palace asking for news of their brave champion you see observed the king's eldest sons who had visited the room where samba lay groaning you see oh wise young brother that we were right and you were wrong about samba and that he really did go into the battle but the boy answered nothing and only shook his head doubtfully it was only two days later that the moors appeared for the third time and though the herd had been tethered in a new and safer place they were promptly carried off as before 
for as the moors said to each other the tribe will never think of our coming back so soon when they have beaten us so badly when the drum sounded to assemble all the fighting men the princess rose and sought her husband samba cried she my wound is worse than i thought i can scarcely walk and could not mount my horse without help for to-day then i cannot do your work so you must go instead of me what nonsense cried samba i've never heard of such a thing why i might be wounded or even killed you have three brothers the king can choose one of them they are all too young replied the wife the men would not obey them but if indeed you will not go at least you can help me harness my horse and to this samba who was always ready to do anything he was asked when there was no danger about it agreed quickly so the horse was quickly harnessed and when it was done the princess said now ride the horse to the place of meeting outside the gates and i will join you by a shorter way and will change places with you samba who loved riding in times of peace mounted as she had told him and when he was safe in the saddle his wife dealt the horse a sharp cut with her whip and he dashed off through the town and through the ranks of the warriors who were waiting for him instantly the whole place was in motion samba tried to check his steed but he might as well have sought to stop the wind and it seemed no more than a few minutes before they were grappling hand to hand with the moors then a miracle happened samba the coward the skulker the terrified no sooner found himself pressed hard unable to escape than something sprang into life within him and he fought with all his might and when a man of his size and strength begins to fight he generally fights well that day the victory was really owing to samba and the shouts of the people were louder than ever when he returned bearing with him the sword of the moorish chief the old king pressed him in his arms and said ah my son how can i ever show you how grateful i am for this splendid service but samba who was good and loyal when fear did not possess him answered straightly my father it is to your daughter and not to me to whom the thanks are due for it is she who has turned the coward i was into a brave man Conte Soudonnais par C. Montel. End of chapter 9